Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Church, can I invite you to lift your hands, lift your hearts, and we come and we lift our voices and we say, God, you are welcome here. We celebrate you, God, your goodness, your grace, the outpouring of your spirit upon your church, your people. You empower your body. Church, if you speak in a language of heaven, if you speak in tongues as the Spirit enables you, why don't you lift your voices? We'll celebrate God. Jesus. And God, our prayer this morning is that even when we don't see it, you are working. Lord God, this, uh, these many past months, Lord God, we, 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 would, we, 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 we would with all of our hearts have seen certain things. And maybe what we have wanted to see or the way that we wanted to see it hasn't come to pass in that way. But God, not for a moment do we believe that you have not been working. Lord God, we believe that you have been working and that you are at work. And Lord God, you will continue to do your good work. And so, God, our prayer this morning is a prayer that says, God, you are sovereign. You are the way maker. And Lord God, we thank you for this most beautiful way that you have made, even through your own broken body, that we might come back to God. Lord Jesus Christ, we celebrate you. And we thank you, God, for the way that you have been working in our lives. Lord God, this morning, our posture is one of humble surrender. We say, God, we are your people. We have been saved by your grace. We live under your lordship. And God, this morning, we invite your presence. Lord God, would you be at work in your church? And God, we pray that, God, there would be new, unseen ways of your working this day. That, God, amongst us in this moment, right now, you would be at work in your church. Church, if you want God to be at work amongst you, would you lift your hearts, lift your voices, lift your hands, and begin to call upon God. Call upon God. Come on, church. Call upon your God. We have been waiting we are eagerly anticipating, and now in faith, dear Lord, we call. Oh, church, come on, lift your voices and call upon your God. Call upon him for new things, new outpouring, new anointing, new works of his kingdom come and his will done here on earth as it is in heaven. God, we call upon you. 
God wants to say a word over us this morning and he wants to tell you church you're rusty you're rusty and and many of us we're, we're rusty through lack of use and you've seized up like a piece of machinery many of us we've seized up with the rust but God wants to tell you and you know this already what do you do when something's rusty oil it you oil it and the oil is a sign and a symbol of the presence of the Spirit of God now church I couldn't come and anoint you with oil <laughs> I think that would definitely be COVID inappropriate you'd all get your red stickers on you wouldn't you You'd be like get on Pastor Greg we pray for the coming of the oil of God and so come on come on best thing to do is say yes Lord that's me that's me would you come and anoint me pour on me God and church can I and ask you to do something if you've come with somebody this morning they're with you there in your household or your or your bubble with you and it, that's okay go on would you just lay hands on one another could you do that if you're not familiar with this it, it's just a simple way that we do of saying God we want to be praying for one another and inviting the presence of God so if you're with someone from your household or your bubble, just ask them to just lay a hand on you, maybe on your head or on your shoulder, or however it is. Pray for one another. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Take what is rusty and seized up and bring it to life again. God, we want to live and move and have our being in you. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yes, dear God. Oh, holy God. Shanana Maria da Vasiana. And dear God, our heavenly Father, we ask, we ask for the sake of your Son Jesus Christ, and in His name, would you send the Holy Spirit upon your church? Oh, send your Holy Spirit upon your church. God, as people have prayed many times before, would you send the fire? Would you send the fire, Lord God? Enliven your people, dear God. Pour out your oil upon us, Lord God. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, church we're going to spend a lot more time doing this through the morning so don't worry <laughs> we're going to spend this whole morning doing this and tonight when we have communion online as well can I encourage you and I shared this with the team before we began there was a, a an Anglican minister in Liverpool by the name of Hobson and um, and in Liverpool there used to be a one o'clock gun is anyone, I don't know, is there anyone old enough to remember this? You might not want to admit to this, I don't know. Uh, but there used to be a one o'clock gun, and, and it would help, obviously, you know, all of everything to know what the time was. And Hobson, he said, when you hear the one o'clock gun, to all the people he was discipling, he said to them, pray this, Father, for the sake of your son, send the Holy Spirit. And they did, they prayed. And do you know what happened? God poured out his Holy Spirit. This father who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for you and for me. 
He'll also send the Holy Spirit. Isn't that true? Isn't that our experience? And don't we long for it all the more so? Come on, pray, pray, pray. Would you like to take your seat for a moment or two? And pray and pray and pray. I don't have a cannon. Maybe I should get a cannon. Does anybody want to get me a cannon? <laughs> Maybe not. You'd be like, I'll get you a cannon. Just don't aim it at me, Pastor Greg. Come on, pray. Great. Are you introducing this, Grace? You don't have to. <laughs> I can introduce the next thing. We've got a bit of a cannon for you this morning. We've, got, we've asked our children and our young people to, to get a bit of a cannon, to fire something up us this morning. Does anyone want to be fired up this morning? Oh, the rest of you are very miserable and sad. There's no food for you afterwards. No, there is. We're going to have a great celebration this morning. But our children and young people, they have been preparing something absolutely fantastic to celebrate Pentecost Sunday this morning. Have you got some energy in your bodies, church, this morning? Yeah? Are you ready to clap your hands? Are you ready to celebrate? Yeah, I'm going to hand yeah, over. Are. I'm yeah, going to hand are. over to people who are better yeah. than this. Uh, All, right. <laughs> All right. Why is everybody sitting back down? You guys just, you guys just had your oil. You're nice and oiled. Let's get the parts moving. So come on, everybody, back up. We're going to try something a little different. You guys said that you've got energy in your heart this morning. Do you have energy in your bodies this morning? Yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. I'm a little sure. bit, a little bit. Right, let's get these parts moving. I think the first, we're going to need some help, I think. But the first thing we're going to need, let's, let's, let's get a beat going, right? Him. All right, here we yeah, go. Here come we on. Go. Let's go. Have, we got, have you got me, Jack? There it is. Woo! Come on. All right, all right. Right, let's have everybody clap their hands. Come on. Woo! I'm not seeing much clapping. Come on, come on. Get these arms in the air. It's looking good. We got something special. We got something special. We got some helpers. Have we got some helpers? Let's get some helpers out the front here. Come on. Here we go. There it is. Where's my helpers at? Where's my helpers at? Here we go. One, two, three, four. Where's our dancers? Come on. Here we go, here we go. Did you know, did you know? What? Uh, uh, oh. Yo! The Holy Spirit is our God living inside us. Did you know, did you know? What? Uh, uh, oh. Yo! (laughs) In the darkness, Holy Spirit, help us to share God's love. God's love. One, two, three. Power to glow, glow, glow. Power to glow, glow, glow. And by the Holy Spirit, we are all empowered to glow, to glow. Did you know, did you know? What? Oh, oh, oh. Yo. Holy Spirit is alive and always with us. Did you know, did you know? What? Oh, oh, oh. Yo. We are the church lighting up the world for Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us to share God's love. Where's our dancers? God's love. Come on. Power to glow, glow, glow. Power to glow, glow, glow. And by the Holy Spirit, we are all empowered to glow. To glow. Come on, Yo, throughout all history. What? Now no more mystery. What? The same spirit lives in me. Glow. 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 Get up and glow from my head to my toes. I want the toes. Don't go with the glow. Toes. Glow on and on. Glow in the dark. dark. Get on your mark. Get set. Glow. 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 Hey. Come on. Glow. Here we go. Power to glow, glow, glow. Power to glow, glow, glow. And by the Holy Spirit, we are all empowered to glow. To glow in the air. Power to glow, glow, glow. Power to glow, glow, glow. And by the Holy Spirit, we are all empowered to glow, to glow, to glow. All right, church, make some noise. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! 
Shout out to the balcony who were giving it so much. Giving it beans. <laughs> you are now allowed to take your seats if you want here. You don't have to. I'm going to get Moxie just to lay down some beats while I preach. And uh, no, maybe next time, actually. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Does anybody want some fun in their life? Yeah, me too. Um, and after, after we concluded here this morning, and I'm going to share for a few minutes, and then we're going to have a time of just responding and, and welcoming the Holy Spirit again. But after we concluded here this morning, and I'll tell you how to get there, but there's a fantastic international feast in the minor hall. And um, it's a celebration of all of the culinary talents from around the world that we have here. And that's fantastic. And then we're going to, um, because the weather will hold in the name of Jesus, um, we're going to head into our church grounds. And um, I tidied it up a bit yesterday, so, you know. And uh, we're going to have some music out there. You can spend some time with one another. And we, we have, and I, I, even, I don't even know whether to tell you this or not, because it might put you off. I don't know. We've got some international games. Um, we, have, we have a game from the Philippines and a game from Nigeria. I think that's right, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, and so we'd love for you to join in that and to sing together. We're going to sing. Uh, is there a lot of me this morning, Jack? Um, no, is it okay? All right, all right. Well, okay, wonderful. Um, before I dive in, I, I should probably say, um, because obviously things are changing and with lockdown and all the various easings, it's probably helpful for me just to um, let you know where we're up to in terms of how we operate in church. That would probably be helpful for us. And um, just to say, while I'm speaking, the family room is available downstairs. I think we're all rigged and ready, aren't we? So if, if families do want to use downstairs, you can see and hear everything just as normal. You can access it via the back. We do still have our one-way system in church, so just to make sure that we do operate according to that. And I think Nick's about to move that barrier out of the way so that people can use the one-way system. That's great. And um, while you're here, that the same rules operate now indoors as they would other places. So that is that you can be in a group of no more than six or two households, but you still must then socially distance from other groups. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. And um, we do obviously have to wear our masks. We're not yet singing indoors. I know the Pentecostal spirit got over a few of you this morning. I could hear you. Um, but we are going to sing outdoors. Um, but we're not yet singing indoors. Hopefully that will come soon. Um, and I think that's about it. Oh, we, we gave you stickers this morning. If, <laughs> either you find that helpful or you find that fun or you can just say Pastor Greg's a bit strange. And um, that's totally fine as well. Right. Okay. I think that's enough kind of housekeeping. Let's dive into the Word of God together. We are concluding today um, a series that we've been um, running over these past six or seven weeks called Invited. And the series you'll know and understand by now is all about how it is that we are immeasurably blessed by God to be a diverse church. This is not ordinary. This is extraordinary. Look at somebody near you and tell them that they are extraordinary. Would you do that? And we're incredibly blessed as a church to be massively diverse. But when, we're not just wanting to say that and think, oh, isn't that nice? I'm so glad I can get a curry later in the other room. Um, although, hallelujah for curry. Anybody just want to throw it? Noodles, praise the Lord. Anybody for some jollof rice? Do we have jo we've got jollof rice, right? Do we, has anyone done jollof rice? Uh, we've got plantain. Okay, good, good. I just have to check that we always have jollof rice at any given moment, um, otherwise the world might fall apart. We don't just want to celebrate our diversity just for the sake of it. This is an invitation to us. Our diversity, this body of believers, is an invitation in itself to celebrate God's good purposes, to invest one another in one another to reach across the many divides of our world, which they're not just divides, they're points of fracture and friction within our world. And whilst people protest about these things, rightly so, and politicians offer whatever they can, we know that we can go further. We can go as the family of God according to His will, the Spirit of God working amongst us, and we can offer and demonstrate a better way 
within our world. Is anybody up for being the better way within our world? Jesus is enabling us to be the hope of the world. Now, it's great for us to talk about these things. It's great for us to celebrate these things. But talk is not enough. I've heard it said that talk is cheap. Now, I read this week that in a recent poll, 6% of Americans, 6%, I'm not saying anything about Americans, sorry, Robin, but it just happened to be Americans. 6% of Americans think they could beat a grizzly bear in hand-to-hand combat. That, that seems high to me, 6%. There are surely not that many crazy Americans the place has got a bit quiet at that point. I don't know. Um, we should do that same thing in the UK, except we don't have fearsome predators in the UK. It'd be like, how many of you think you could beat a badger in hand-to-hand combat? That's all we've got over here. Um, the percentage might go, 6%. You know, you can say something. You can even think that you believe something. But unless you're actually able to do something, it's not true. It's not real. How are we getting on with invitation? You know, just believing that we are diverse, that we value one another, it's not true unless we actually do it, unless we actually care for one another. Church, how have you been getting on? Have you actually invited somebody who comes from a different background, nationality, ethnicity, to, to walk with you and talk with you, to share their life and their heart with you? Have you done it? Because if you think that coming to church and singing a few songs and listening to Pastor Greg for a little bit of time, I was going to say 20 minutes, but that's wildly ambitious, isn't it? Listening to Pastor Greg talk at you for a little while, if you think that's going to change the world, then you're 6% of people who think they can fight a grizzly bear and win. That's what you're doing. That's how crazy that is. It doesn't make a difference. I think that little one's like, who are you telling that you can't fight a grizzly bear? I could take a grizzly bear. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing? What does invitation mean to you? I received a note um, a couple of weeks back. Um, It was a member of our church, and they were passing in their tithes and uh, and giving their offering to the church. And within it was a little note. And and I'm going to read it to you. It's not very long. I thought it was wonderful. And it goes like this, Dear Greg, I thought I must share this unusual divine appointment I had this week. I had to have a new boiler last Tuesday. And a nice lad came on the day uh, to have the floorboards up and do the dirty work. He He was on his own, and he had finished his work, and he asked me this question, Are you a Christian? I guess he'd noticed my Bible and the little verses around the house, so I said yes. And he shocked me with the next question. He said, are you afraid to die? And she says, that was so unusual. I wasn't afraid because he seemed a nice lad. He said he had just lost his grandmother. And I had a couple of Mother's Day cards, but there was one to a grandmother. And then he said, I am not a Christian, but I like to hear how people become Christians. So I said, would you like to hear my testimony, how I became a Christian? He said, yes. I shared my testimony with him. He thanked me very much for sharing with him. He asked me what church I went to, and I told him I had been going there for 40 years. It had been a hard day and lots of mess. His phone went, and he had to go. I thought you would be interested to hear what happened. Very unusual in the middle of lockdown. We never know what God's got for us to do. I've never had anyone approach that way. Hope you and Erin and the children are well. It will be nice for us to be together again. I'm not going to say who it was from. I don't want to embarrass them. But what a beautiful story. What a beautiful story of being open to invite, to being a person of welcome. Are we those kinds of people? God has a good plan for those kinds of people. Did you know that? God has a good plan for the kinds of people who want to open wide the doors who even when the place looks messy and the floorboards are up and it's a hard day, are still willing to say, God, I want to be a person of invitation. If you've got a Bible with you, you might want to jump to Revelation chapter 7, and you're more than welcome to do so. I think it's going to come up on the screen, and I'm going to read it reasonably fast, 
because it's quite a long reading and there are lots of numbers and, and names in it that might sound a bit confusing at the first, at the outset, but you'll understand as we go along. And in Revelation chapter 7, the, the writer who's called John, he's, he's hearing incredible things from God, he's seeing incredible things from God, and he says this, after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel descending from the, sorry, ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah were sealed, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. That's what he's heard. And then, after this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and all peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That was a good place for an amen or a hallelujah. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, the Bible is both wondrous and weird, don't you think? And that passage probably demonstrates it as well as anything, because it is wonderful, and there's something just in those words that's so evocative, so dynamic, so powerful, that it just gets your heart going a little bit, makes the blood pump around your body a little bit faster. And, um, and maybe just in these seasons, that sense of God wiping away the tears from every eye, it just seems so very present and very real, uh, and we're just longing for these things. But at the same time, what on earth is going on there? Is, is it just me? Anybody else? Like, what on earth is going on in this passage? And we're just going to take a moment to better understand it, because Revelation, it's, it's a bit of Bible literature, a bit of the inspired Word of God that's different pretty much to anything else. And at the beginning, in those first eight verses, what we have is a list of people who are being sealed, and they're being sealed from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. A sealing, it's a sign of ownership, of belonging, and it's a sign also of preservation, of being uh, kept um, for a purpose. I don't know about you, but I, I, have, I have hard learned, although I still sometimes forget, to label my leftovers in the freezer. Is anybody else? Do you know where I'm coming from here? You kind of cook a little bit extra, and then you think, oh, I'll, I'll just chuck it in the freezer in a little box or a bag. I know what it'll be. I know what it is. Six months later, you're like pulling out these little frosty bags from the bottom of the freezer. You're like, what on earth is this? Why did I freeze a bag of soil? 
I have no idea. What is going on here? And, and, you, and so you learn, don't you? And you learn that you, a few things you learn. You learn to seal it well. Because nobody wants freezer burn, do they, on their, on their leftover chili. And you, you seal it well. It's important to do that. And you label it up. And you put the date that it came into your possession and what it is. And, and maybe if you're a bit proprietorial in your house, you put, this is mine, hands off. Oh, maybe that's just at the work fridge. I don't know. And, uh, and you seal something. And it's like, it's mine. It's precious. I know what it is. And I want to seal it so that no harm comes to it. That's a silly picture, but this is what is happening here. And the, 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 the people who are being sealed, they are God's people, His people for His glory. But the language is very symbolic, isn't it? We've got this number of 144,000. Loads of people speculate about these things. And 99% of the people who speculate about numbers in the Bible are entirely wrong. Um, I just enjoy using a statistic just to make that point. <laughs> but... Uh, what it is, almost certainly, is a symbolic number. And there's multiple reasons why we say this. Um, part of it is because of the, of the numbers, the twelves, of the twelve tribes. If you can do a little bit of arithmetic in your head, these twelve thousands multiplied by the twelve tribes, you get that number. It's symbolic. It has lots and lots of symbolism of God's purposes through his people, the, the Jewish people, through all the ages. But then we move just from those beginning verses into verse 9 and onwards. And what John has heard about these crowds of people. You can't even imagine it. 144,000 people. It more or less is a, a crowd so big that you couldn't number them. That's what it is. And having heard about it, he then sees it. And he doesn't say, and I saw a crowd and I counted them all and I got the exact number. He says, I saw this multitude. They're too numerous to be able to count. So this 144,000, it's the same as this vastly numerous group of people. And what are they doing? They're worshiping. Who are they worshiping? Well, you know, there's a similar kind of uh, hearing and then seeing that happens a little earlier in the book of Revelation. You see, John, he hears described a lion, this lion of Judah. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we love the Lion of Judah in our house. You can imagine why. And um, he hears about the Lion of Judah. But then what does he see? He sees a lamb, like one that was slain. The lamb is enthroned and glorious. And what's being told to us is they're the same. The one that you heard of as a lion is also this one who is a lamb. Who is it? It's Jesus. And this crowd that you've heard of as 144,000 with all of that symbolism is the same as the crowd you see that's beyond number from every tribe, nation, and tongue. And they're worshiping the lion and the lamb. They're worshiping Jesus. And then we move on just a little bit through these verses. And from verse 13 to 17, we hear a little more about the dynamic between uh, these worshiping people who belong to God and God himself, the lion and the lamb, Jesus slain, now risen, ascended, seated in glory. And, um, and, and we understand that these folks who are gods have been through trials and troubles. And we, we oftentimes think about the, the word tribulation as though it's kind of a one-time thing, and you know, time doesn't permit us to think about that. But you understand when you read the New Testament that they understood tribulation to be the normal state of the Christian church. That was normal for them. When things were all fine and dandy, that was the unusual. The normal was trouble and trials. I don't know, maybe a few of you, you feel a little bit of resonance with that. We don't want to overstate our circumstances, whether personal or, or, or these COVID circumstances. But perhaps we have a little bit of an affinity, even though those early church people that were receiving these words of John had so much more trouble. But they've come through trials and troubles and we can be confident whatever lies ahead, God brings his people through. And then he brings them out of trials and troubles. And where do they go? They go to be with their God. And he wipes away the tears. And there's no more fear, no more sorrow. There's no more pain. There's not even any more death. Come on, there's hallelujahs rising, I'm sure, within you. And there's none of these things. Because they are fully satisfied in their God. 
Does anybody want to be fully satisfied in their God and in his presence eternally forevermore? Does anybody feel like they want it more than they've ever wanted it? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> and God is doing this work. And the multitude there is representative of everyone everywhere. People from every single people group on the face of the planet is there. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue. The, the Bible's not using hyperbole here. It's using actuality here. There are people from every group on the face of the planet. And they're all invited to know satisfaction in God. God's plan is bigger than yours. <laughs> it's bigger than mine. And although I celebrate our church, and rightly so, God's plan is bigger. God's plan is bigger. And I long for us to keep on reaching out and reaching out and reaching out and embracing people from all different backgrounds and all the diversity that God is graciously bringing into our area. I long for that with every fiber of my being, but God is still doing yet more than that. And God's plan has always been this way. God, since God first formed the first man and woman, he planned that they should be fruitful, they should flourish, that they should populate the whole earth and fill it with his glory. Isn't that a wonderful vision that God has had for his creation? And then God, even though people didn't understand it and rebelled against it and we've all been sinful and we've ruined it, God wasn't done with us yet. And so he, he chose a man, Abraham. And he, he said, Abraham, Sarah, you're going to have a family. You're going to be the parents of this profound family. It's going to grow into a nation. And through your nation, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. And God is accomplishing this purpose. And through that nation comes the one man, Jesus Christ. God become flesh. And each and every one of us are invited not only to come into a nation or an earthly family, uh, we're invited to come into the very family of God through Jesus. We're invited to be a part of the very kingdom of God. And so Jesus comes and the invitation is made plain. The way is clear. And then God keeps on making his invitation. Keeps on making his invitation. God's like somebody who's got a party going on, and, 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 you know, and people say to him, oh, you've got enough people, and God's like, there's never enough people in my party. And so he keeps on making his invitation, and this whole series has been talking about that, and how through the book of Acts we see God making his invitation through people who grab a hold of the heart of God. And we saw how God made his invitation to a, a Samaritan village, how God made his invitation to an Ethiopian eunuch, how God made his invitation to, to Saul, the Jewish persecutor of the church, how God made his invitation to a Roman centurion, the occupying power, how God made his invitation to a Greek Syrian and North Africans and some villages from central Turkey, and more and more people get invited. And I don't know about this, but it was pointed out to me by a, a better preacher than me called Andrew Wilson that the book of Acts, it doesn't really have a conclusion. It doesn't end. You know, so you read the letters and they finish off with, you know, the final greetings and there's a conclusion. You know, you read the, the gospel accounts and Jesus has signing off words, doesn't he? And then he's in heaven. But Acts doesn't happen like that. It just kind of carries on. And so the invitation carried on. And this invitation, it then it made its way further, didn't it? Across Europe, it was into Spain, it went into Persia, it went down into Sudan and over to India. And, and in the fourth century, it came to Britain. It were a little bit slow, but we catch up in the end over here. And, and you know, it got further and further throughout Africa, throughout Asia, into the Americas, across the known world. This invitation has been extended. And this work of God, the book of Acts, is still carrying on until Revelation 7. That's the only point at which God has completed his work of invitation. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue. The world is a big place. And our big God with his big heart has always been going to people in all places at all times. Did you know... In our world, there are 17,470 people groups. Let me explain that. 
That's a people group, by this definition, is a group of people that you would have to, if you wanted to get the gospel to them, you'd have to translate it either into their language or their culture or both for them to understand and be able to appreciate the gospel. 17,470 people groups. Now, according to the Joshua Project, 6,000 of those groups are currently unreached. There's no self-replicating church in that culture. And 1,500 people groups are totally unengaged. I think we might have an image of the world according to these uh, measures. And uh, maybe we don't. It's possible. Um, But when you, there it is, and you see it. And that red swathe across the central belt of our world is areas where there are very, very few um, works going on amongst people groups. You can see there is so much to be done. So many people to be reached with the gospel. So what are we to do? What are we to do? We're to pray. We're to give. We're to go. You know, we had the privilege around Christmas time of contributing to the Elim Relief Association's fund. It's COVID fund. And we were able to contribute to work that's going on around the world to support those in other nations um, in response to COVID. That fund is still open. And we'll put out the information again this evening if you want to contribute to that. You can give. Uh, In just a a few short weeks, we hope to be relaunching our sponsorship scheme for the children in our schools in Nigeria so that you on a very personal level can give for a child's upbringing and education, support their parents and the wonderful work of the schools in Bauchi, and you know, keep your ears open for that. It'll be coming shortly. We can give and we can pray. You know, just this last 24-hour period, many members of our church have been praying for an hour here or an hour there. Uh, members of our church in, in Oasis have been praying along with us. And, and Pastor Neil in West Kirby was telling me this huge list of people from there who were praying along with us. We've been praying. A Pentecostal outpouring, God's work to come and to be done through us. You can pray, you can give. You might be called to go. And going might be far, far away. Going for some of you might be going home, and not just as a default option, but as a commissioned option of God's work in your lives. But for many of us, going is where we are right now. You know, we celebrate our diversity as a church, and I know the Wirral is less diverse than we are as a church, but at the same time, God, over the last few decades, has been drawing more and more people into this wonderful peninsula. I think that branding of the Paradise Peninsula must have worked somehow. I don't know. But they've been coming. We can go to all the nations by getting off our bottoms and knocking on next door. <laughs> we go to the nations by going to work by shopping around the corner. We go to the nations by being a part of our church and its transformed communities and all of the neighborhoods of this world. This is how we go. The final words of the book of Acts, although it's not a conclusion really, in Acts chapter 28 and verses 30 and 31, there we find Paul. And he's in a massive metropolis, Rome. And he's under house arrest. But there he is under house arrest, and this is what the Bible says. He lived there two whole years at his own expense. He's paying to be under arrest. (laughs) He must have had a plan for this. And he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. He's a nightmare prisoner, isn't he, Paul? I think they probably let him get on with it, though, because they probably heard, if we try and shut this down, they'll start singing. And you know what happens when Paul starts singing? I've heard about earthquakes and all sorts of nonsense, so let's just let him do it. But he welcomed everybody. He welcomed. They came to him. And this is what is happening in this place at this time. The world is coming here. And you and I get to be a part of sharing the gospel. You know, you might have felt imprisoned because of COVID. Feels a bit like house arrest sometimes, doesn't it? But what about your Polish neighbor or your Indian neighbor? They're right on your doorstep. How about a welcome extended there? 
You might feel imprisoned by other circumstances in your life. Maybe sickness or some troubling circumstances that you're enduring at the moment. Maybe a family dynamic. But you have an unbound treasure which no one can take away. How about sharing that with the Ghanaian family next door? Or the Chinese family at the end of your street? I'm going to invite the the band to come back. But as they do so, I want to introduce something to you. Because we've been praying these last 24 hours. And we've been journeying with this invited series these past seven weeks. But church, I'm not going to let you do what you normally do. What you normally do is you enjoy or possibly endure the things that we talk about. And then you think, okay, we've finished that. Now we can move on. Not going to let you. I'm inviting you this morning to continue this work in a, a substantial way. And if you've got your phone with you, would you open it up and open up your browser on your phone? And at home, this is so easy for you to do. Um, open up your browser or whatever, and we'll, we'll get the messaging out so you can get these details later. But do it now because you're better when you do things now. And it's something called Neighborhood Prayer Network. And I think that the web page might come up on screen so you can just get a bit of an idea of it. It's very, very simple. It's very, very profound. You get to adopt your street. Now, don't worry. That doesn't mean you have to clean up everybody's dog dirt um, or the litter or anything like that. But it means that you get to pray for the people on your street, the world on your street. And it's such a simple model. It's prayer, care, share. Can you say that with me? Prayer, care, share. Really, really simple. Really, really simple. And the invitation, sign yourself up. It's very easy. It's totally free. You get to pray for the people on your street daily. That might be the neighbors that you know by name. It might be those that you don't know by name. It might be those that you know by name but really don't like. It might be that one who keeps on parking outside your house. You know that one, yeah? Pray for them double. Um, You pray daily, care weekly. Really simple. Once a week, find a way to bless someone on your street. It might be bringing in their dustbin for them or putting it out when it's really heavy. It might be just a little card through the door just to say, you know, how wonderful they are and what they mean to you. You might want to bake a few cookies or something like that. Care weekly. Share monthly. And every month, you have this invitation to, whether it's a a big way or a small way, look, it might be like that testimony we shared at the start of when the boiler's getting replaced, and you get to share your whole story of how you come to faith in Jesus. Or it might be just a, a moment when you get to answer someone's question or share just a little something of the love of Jesus, but once a month. Prayer, care, share. Does it make sense? Does it make sense, church? Okay, half of you don't think it makes sense yet, but that's okay. We'll keep working. And we're inviting every single person who's a part of our church here in the building, at home, wherever you are, sign yourselves up. The work does not stop here. Paul was under arrest in his house, and he didn't let the work stop because Revelation 7 hadn't come yet. Come on, stand with me, church. And as good as we have it today, does anybody know Revelation 7 hasn't come yet? It hasn't come yet. And if you're satisfied right now, then ask God to help you. Ask God to convict you by means of his Holy Spirit. If you are content right now, with who's going to get to be with you in glory, then ask God to convict you because we're nowhere near there yet. 1,500 people groups around our world have never heard the gospel and your neighbor hasn't either. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come on, church. Would you long for his coming? And we long for his coming in these ways. 
God, we long for Revelation 7. We long to be part of that multitude, every tribe, every nation, every tongue. We want to be worshiping with you with our tears wiped away. Oh, we long for that, God. But we know also that we only ever get there by means of Pentecost, by means of you pouring out your Spirit upon us, transforming us and working through us so that they may know, they may know that you are alive, Jesus, that there is hope for them. Come on, church. Would you lift your neighbors before God right now? Would you do that? Would you lift your neighbors, your friends, your families? Would you lift your loved ones before them, name them before the Lord? Tell God, I want them to be in that multitude. I want them to be in that crowd. And Lord God, whatever it takes, work in me and through me so that they'll be there on that day. Work in me, God, so that they'll be there that day. And God, I want those people, those 1,500 people groups, those 6,000 people groups who don't have their own church properly yet. God, I want them to be there too, God. I resolve to pray for them. God, I resolve to give. God, maybe you'll send me to go. Lord Jesus, whether it's near or far, I want to be a person of Pentecost because I want to see God's work done in this world. I'm not willing to sit in my house on my bum doing nothing. God, I want to be a person of welcome like the Apostle Paul who makes a way for others to come and others to know that Jesus is alive and he is the hope of the world. Jesus. Church, we're going to sing now as we conclude. And as we worship, you're welcome to carry on praying to God, inviting the work of the Spirit in your life. It may be that now is your moment to give to the ministry and mission of the church. And that's so important as we share the gospel in the world that God has given to us. It's all of our responsibility. And I urge you to take that really seriously. But in your prayer and in your giving, we're saying, Jesus, use me. Use what I have. Send me. Lord Jesus Christ, bring others to know your love through my prayer, through my giving, through my going. In your name we pray. Amen. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.